welcome to what is the first Disney at Play podcast on our Disney at Work channel. For those of you joining us for the first time, I'm Jeff Kober, and this has been uh, the Disney at Work uh, podcast, which has been dedicated to best in business ideas from Disney that you could apply back to your own business. We've had some wonderful podcasts on it. Now we're joining up with uh, our latest website, Disney at Play. See, Disney at Work, Disney at Play. And we're providing a unique fan site that is just dedicated to enjoying all things Disney. And it's a compliment to the Disney at Work site. So frequently we'll be going back and forth between both Disney at Play and Disney at Work podcasts, as well as um, different posts and other things that we'll feature on our websites. Today is a great day to uh, do our first Disney at Play podcast because we are talking today about first impressions and comparisons of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. I've had the great privilege of being uh, at Disneyland for the first week uh, opening of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge to see it in its uh, just as it's opening and coming about and it has been an exciting uh, stay, and I think you could tell from my energy that I'm I'm really pleased to present it. We got some videos we, um, that, uh, and don't forget to um, to look at our notes page for this because uh, we'll have a video that I've already put together of uh, the total experience at Galaxy's Edge, um, and uh, and we're gonna have a whole lot bit more. But today I just want to talk a little bit about my first impressions, and make some comparisons. How does it compare, not just to the formidable um, Wizarding World of Harry Potter, but also to other Disney great uh, experiences and attractions uh, like Pandora or like um, um, Cars Land or um, like... Uh, attractions at Shanghai Disney. So so that's our, the purpose of our podcast today. Let me just start by flipping the 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 clock back to when uh, Disney first announced that uh, they were going to purchase Lucasfilm and all of its properties and thinking about what the possibilities of that might be. And that led to D23 nearly four years ago when Bob Iger and then Bob Chapek stood up and announced the new Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. I don't even think it had a title back then. Um, and things like Batu and uh, Black Spire Outposts were not, uh, were not presented at that time. Just the concept that there would be a new Star Wars land coming to both Disneyland and to Disney's Hollywood Studios. And the excitement and the energy that filled the room when those announcements were made. Fast forward to two years ago when D23 had the entire model of Galaxy's Edge laid out. I took copious photos of everything um, there and what was going on and I just studied and studied and studied what this attraction would look like and what were the key um, experiences and what would the rides and the, the shops and the, and the food and beverage all be like. And we've gotten bits and pieces um, to it. I've created 
uh, the complete guide to Galaxy's Edge, uh, which if you haven't gone and subscribed to our webpage, it's free to everyone who subscribes. And it is the most, from what I have seen on all other websites, it is the most um, uh, immersive. We have our own interactive maps of what to see. So, and, and you definitely want to check that out. But what I'm trying to say is I've gone through this process of really studying what this is going to look like. And so to finally step into Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland, which is the park of my childhood because I grew up in Phoenix. And so Disneyland, it was so different thinking that the very steps, the first steps I took used to be part of the painted desert of the mine train through nature's wonderland. And now this desert had a had these buildings and ships and mountains so totally different than the early mine train days I remember of that attraction. Um, to see the guests were so excited to be there. The cast was so excited to have the guests come. My applause for Disney for how they orchestrated this um, probably disappointing for those who did not have a reservation. Hey, I paid a premium to stay at a Disney resort uh, for this experience. Um, I uh, and I so I could see it as a guest. I could experience it as a guest, and um, and that was hard. Uh, most I feel for those who don't have a reservation or may not feel like they've got the money to put down for a Disney hotel. I can't quite tell what the crowds are going to look like, but I. Trust Disney to better manage the experience. Like, um, and I, I think that's such a contrast. I, I, I don't want to jump ahead to Harry Potter, but I remember visiting Harry Potter for the first time and the crowds and the lines and the craziness of it. All that was removed. And really, it was well organized. Again, we'll see how it goes in the later part of June and then as it opens at Disney's Hollywood Studios. But my applause to Disney for creating a really civil experience of coming in and feeling the opportunity to embrace it and to open it early. Now, the downside of opening it early is you are missing its biggest attraction, the biggest attraction. Most people, when I've talked to them about Star Wars Galaxy, said, oh yeah, I'm excited to ride the Millennium Falcon, which I had the opportunity to do here. But that attraction is not the biggest attraction. They're both e-tickets for sure, but Rise of the Resistance is supposed to be the, the Pirates of the Caribbean to Disney's, um, to, to Star Wars. And so without that attraction opening, it feels a little bit like Disney's hand is tied behind its back. But at the same time, it was able to open earlier than expected and it was able to provide a, a terrific experience. Um, I'm just going to put it out there and say up front that while I talk about the two major attractions, Millennium Falcon, Smuggler's Run, and Rise of the Resistance, please understand that Black Spire Outpost is an attraction in and of itself. All that is there in the four hours that we were allotted to, to attend, I couldn't see it all. I didn't have a chance to do it all there. The Play Disney app didn't have a chance to to get into that. Um, would have loved to have done the lightsaber event. It was blocked out. Actually, I initially took a look at it 
and thought to do it. And then I went over to compare it with the um, the droid experience. By the time I got back, it was there, there weren't reservations available um, for my time slot. So that was disappointing. But what I did end up seeing was truly remarkable. And then I have to contrast that with the experience at the end of the four hours, I walked out by way of the Rise of the Resistance, which takes you out to the back country of Critter Country and where uh, Hungry Bear Restaurant is and you kind of merge into Splash Mountain, the rivers of America. And I got to tell you, that experience was as surreal as walking into Galaxy's Edge. I felt like I was leaving a time warp in and of itself. You know, most lands kind of merge with one another. You know, you kind of move from Tomorrowland to the Matterhorn to Fantasyland, and it just kind of moves. This thing was was a subtle move, but it was dramatic in that uh, Gallic, the Black Spire Outpost, I really do not think that they went to the same kinds of scale that they did with Main Street and with the castle and Fantasyland and other areas. This seems at a much bigger scale, seems much bigger. And I would look, I, I, I grabbed a bite to eat on the on the shores of the rivers of America at at the Hungry Bear restaurant. And I just sat there and I, I thought about what I had just experienced for the last four hours. And I could look back and see the mountains in the distance of the black, uh, of, uh, of uh, the spires of, uh, of Galaxy's Edge and think, was I just there? Was That seems like a whole world away. It was so very different. And yet, um, you know, here I was now back at Disneyland with all that it had to offer, with all the attractions, the experiences. I was drained from doing the first thing, but now I had still this whole menu of things to do. And there is no greater theme park, in my opinion, than Disneyland. And so it was such a, it was such a contrast and yet such a great compliment to it. So those are some of my first impressions. We are going to have further podcasts to go into great detail. Um, in my Disney at Work podcast, if you have not listened, there are six mini podcasts that talk about different aspects of Galaxy's Edge and it compares to your organizations, ask you questions. If you haven't listened to those, those are great. I'll do a wrap-up podcast that kind of goes back through those six and shares my input. Well, also, David Zanola will be uh, coming back from a later trip to Disneyland in a couple of weeks, and we'll do a detailed dive into Galaxy's Edge, what we noticed, what we observed, what we saw, and so forth. And there's probably going to be other podcasts and other, and definitely other posts, uh, more videos and everything. So please um, check out our website to make sure you subscribe. Now, comparisons. I think the first comparisons I want to make are not to other theme parks. I think the first comparison I want to make are to other Disney attractions. So how does Star Wars Galaxy's Edge compare to Pandora, the world of Avatar? Well, um, they look like two different beasts, partly because you have this planetscape of Galaxy's Edge, which is arid, kind of Tucson-like, um, in a kind of a, up maybe even a higher desert elevation, 
but uh, you have this very dry, deserty look. In fact, if there's any comment I might have about the look and feel is that it could use a little bit more color, although I would have loved to have been there at night. I came through the very early morning um, uh, experience so I could take the best photos possible, but I've, I've seen some images of the nighttime and that looks exciting. But compare that to Pandora where you have these lush jungles and vines and trees and and unique mountainscapes. Both of them have crazy, crazy different, completely different mountainscapes. Both are very effective in that, especially because they hide attractions. Um, uh, but other than a couple of food and beverage locations, I mean, really a kiosk and, and, um, and their restaurant, uh, there's no outposts like Black Spire. There is a forest area that is part of Rise of the Resistance. So you kind of get that comparison and along with the mountains, you would have that. But now imagine adding an entire village. Uh, I think that's one of the biggest comparisons I would make to Pandora is that there is no real sense of buildings and places to go in and an Oga's Cantina and grab a drink, those kinds of things. It's a much more immersive setting because of the physicality of all of the buildings that are there that are part of the outpost. Galaxy's Edge has two e-tickets. Pandora has an e-ticket, uh, but the secondary attraction, uh, Navi River Journey, which I love immensely, is a D. Some people call it a C attraction. I firmly believe it's a solid D attraction, but it's not two E attractions. And that's the difference with Galaxy's Edge is that there are two um, e-ticket attractions when they are both open. I think another comparison point I like to make is Cars Land. Cars Land, Radiator Springs, is an attraction in and of itself. So just like I said a few minutes ago, Black Spire Outpost is an attraction in and of itself, just like Radiator Springs and the, the community there and Flo's uh, Cafe and and all those different buildings and uh, stores and and food and beverage locations, it's a it's an experience in and of itself. But imagine Cars Land without Radiator Springs racers. That's a little bit how I kind of felt about Galaxy's Edge. Yes, it had Millennium Falcon, which is an attraction, but the more comparative attraction would be Radiator Springs Racers to Rise of the Resistance. And for me to think of going to Cars Land and not go on Radiator Springs Racers would be crazy. And yet here I am going to, um, uh, here I am going to Galaxy's Edge and there's no Rise of the Resistance. Why am I saying this? Not to beat any dead horse uh, here, but I would have to say that if experience at all is important, wait. And I wouldn't have said that initially, but I have to say that really you're, I don't, you don't want to get there and feel like, is this it? Because there's so much more yet to open. And I really have to say that you're going to want to Probably, unless you're a Star Wars fan that's just got to get in there yesterday, um, or you're already making plans to go, so why not go? 
I think you ought to wait till you see Rise of the Resistance open. At Disney's Hollywood Studios, I'm being told that the way the FastPass Plus system is being made, you are probably only going to make a, be able to make one FastPass choice uh, to that higher tier, and that will be um, either Millennium Falcon or Rise of the Resistance, and that means you're going to have to go standby in the other. And that's a downside. I will say that probably, um, and I don't always try to encourage people to have to stay at the resort because it's more expensive, but there are more moderate and less expensive choices on Disney property. And I would say that the chance to come in early into, um, into, um, Galaxy's Edge is going to be huge or the possibility of staying after the park um, um, closes is going to be huge and you're probably going to want to take advantage of that. So again, I, I just would recommend in order for you to really get on it and not have to wait in line a gazillion and a half years on for any one of those attractions, that may be the choice you want to, to take moving on it. I also like to make a little comparison to because I think it's a good comparison um, to Shanghai Disney's Pirate's Cove. Now, it's not like Disney's never done an entire land to a single IP. In a sense, Toontown is really dedicated to Mickey and Friends. Um, so you kind of have some aspects of that before um, the, you go to... You, but really, Pirate's Cove is really about Pirates of the Caribbean. It could have been called Pirates of the Caribbean Land because it's really about Jack Sparrow and all, all things pirates. Now they add new pirates and new kind of pirate stories to Pirates Cove at Shanghai Disney. Um, but it's got this huge attraction. Battle for the Sunken, Pirates of the Caribbean, Battle for the Sunken Treasure. It's an amazing attraction. It's new, it's completely different. And yet it also has all the attractions of Pirates Cove where you go in, you interact with pirate ships and shops and restaurants and and um, and theming is immersive. I like to compare Galaxy's Edge to Pirates Cove because that whole thematic town that is the Cove is really what I experienced with Galaxy's Edge, and and that's uh, quite good. Now there's also an entertainment show called Eye of the Storm, Jack Captain Junks. Captain Junk, Captain Jack's Stunt Spectacular. That show is unique. Uh, but you may want to look for my review of the queue as one of the three worst queues of all time at, um, at, uh, at, uh, in any Disney theme park anywhere. In fact, that was my previous, po uh, Disney at Work podcast. So you may want to check that out as well. But that said, Pirate Scope is, is a great comparison. Now, what about dum 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 the wizarding world of harry potter this is the ultimate comparison the question is how does galaxy's edge stand up to this attraction well uh i have to say and i'm being honest here it's hard to compare because again rise of the resistance is an open and for that matter, I haven't yet been on Hagrid's new coaster, which is opening in just the next few days. 
But if you were to push all Hogsmeade and and Diagon Alley and you pushed it all together into one experience, well, I'd have to say that the wizarding world of Harry Potter is still pretty amazing and pretty big when you connect it with the train and you have it all together. Add to that, I think they did a better job on the retail side uh, at Harry Potter. One of the problems I have with Merchant's Row is it is shallow and difficult to get in and out of. And I think this is, this is kind of a miss is the retail. Now, the uh, one thing looks great, or not the one thing, the uh, lightsaber experience looks great, but I haven't done it. The build your own droid is very cool. And that's great. And um, um, Doc Ondar's um, store with this animatronic is amazing as well. Um, so there's some really great things happening retail-wise. Um, um, first order retail was pretty good too. Um, but Merchant Row was kind of a disappointment compared to the stores that are much more entailed uh, with Harry Potter. Um, Merchant's Row is kind of got a skylight type thing that opens up to the air. I can see that this is gonna be a mess in Florida if they don't cover that with glass and add a ton of air conditioning and fans underneath it. Um, and if you did that, honestly, you could move the retail out into the street, which is what you kind of need to do because it's just too tucked away in the corner. So I have to say, Wizarding World did a little better. What about Blue Milk, Green Milk? I tried both. They were great. Were they butterbeer? Mm, no. I gotta tell you, the butterbeer just made me keep thinking, How they, what, what, what's in this? What, what makes this so good? Oh, what, this is really great. I don't have that same experience with milk. Will I order again? Absolutely. But it's no butterbeer. And in fact, butterbeer, is the thing about butterbeer is you're able to put it into different, you know, you have a frozen one and a juice kind and you have an ice cream kind. So you're able to put it in different forms. I'm not sure if I'm going to see blue milk ice cream. Um, maybe, but right now I'm not feeling that's going to come. Uh, they probably also need a few more kiosks for selling the blue milk that they, they are trying to sell. Will it sell? Will all these things sell? Yes. I mean, lightsabers at $200 and you can't get in for a reservation, that means it's selling, but at the same time, it also means they should have built more facility and made it more uh, capable for people to get one of those. And the same thing with build a droid, not enough space for what you wanna do there. So now, that said, even though I have to say, Harry Potter does many things um, very, very well, remember, that's, you got to visit two theme parks to go do that. And if you are a Harry Potter fan, then you're going to want to still do Harry Potter. Um, and you probably have, to be honest. But if you want um, a total theme park experience, just exit Hogsmeade or exit Diagon Alley and look at the rest of the park. I mean, I exited, going back to my experience exiting uh, Star Wars, I was so captured into this world. And then I exited and I thought, 
oh my gosh, there is all of these attractions left to enjoy. Uh, Peter Pan's Flight and Small World, Pirates of the Caribbean, Haunted Mansion, and Indiana Jones Adventure, and all of these things, the Parades of Fire. There's so much more at Disneyland. You cannot compare the theme park total experience um, by making this a comparison of Harry Potter to Galaxy's Edge. You're forgetting that you're getting the whole, the whole deal. And, um, and probably that was captured by a family that I was with when I went on the Millennium Falcon. Um, as we were exiting, the girl who had even been the, played the role of the pilot said, turning to her dad, can we go to Disneyland now? And that probably speaks volumes for what is working and not working. Um, I don't think this family really understood all that there could be seen and explored. I mean, dad's response was, well, maybe we go to Olga's Cantina, see if we can get in. If not, we'll go on. I can tell you, if they didn't have a res, they aren't going to get into Olga's. And, and they probably didn't know what else to explore or how to use the Play Disney app, which um, offers so many cool things with it. And so I feel badly they didn't see the bigger thing. They just saw a ride. On the other hand, the girl was smart. There's a whole Disneyland out here and we're here for the day. So I want to see everything. And that's a big part of it. The other thing to add to it for Star Wars fans who are looking to have a Star Wars experience. Remember at Disneyland, you get to step out of that and still experience Star Tours, still experience Star Traders. Um, still, ex They're having Hyperspace Mountain uh, right now currently um, in Tomorrowland. And at Disney's Hollywood Studios, you're going to be able to step out and do the same thing. Um, Star Wars fireworks plus, oh, by the way, Disney's building a Star Wars hotel. That'll be adjacent to the, um, to the experience. So when you think about all that is there, uh, Disney's really trumped up the whole brand in a major, major way. Um, if you can go out of the Galaxy Edge box and think about the total Star Wars offering, it's pretty, pretty amazing what they have to offer. So, so in truth, maybe Star Wars is a better deal than Harry Potter, given that for one theme park attraction, you get to experience so much of this, uh, this world of, of Star Wars. At any rate. So much more to talk about, so many things to deep dive into. Um, so stay tuned because we have a lot to share about Star Star Wars, not only the experiences I had, but leading up to the opening of Rising of the Resistance and the opening at Disney's Hollywood Studios. So please make certain you go to the top of our uh, website and follow us by email, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, We've got things coming out on all of those fronts and you'll want to follow us on that. Um, one of the reasons is you're going to want to follow us is because we're going to announce the next couple of days uh, as sweepstakes to um, to win a free Rex. You remember Rex from Star Tours. Captain Rex is now DJ Rex over at Olga's Cantina and there is a toy Rex and uh, we are going to give to one lucky winner a Toy Rex in our newest contest. So stay tuned for details on that. 
And then finally, most importantly, you'll want to subscribe to our website, um, Disney at Work, Disney at Play, because you'll have access to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, a complete guide. And with all the photos and videos I've taken, we're going to continue building that. We'll continue to follow it as Rise of the Resistance opens. You will not have a better place, one-stop shop, to check out everything there is in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. So be sure to check that out and to um, visit that as well. We, uh, we thank you for joining us on this podcast and look forward to bringing you more as we uh, celebrate uh, the Star Wars summer and everything that is happening at Disneyland, Disney's Hollywood Studios, and beyond. Thanks for joining us. Talk soon. Bye.